Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. We're good friends that just don't see each other as often anymore. He's one of the greatest singer-songwriters I know, Mr. Jesse Perrant. Jesse, thanks for coming over today. I know you have a, a bit of a hard out, but we're gonna we're gonna chat and things. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Hi, Todd. Hi. It's good to see you. A lot's changed since the last time you were on, and if you uh, if you don't mind, I have a really sweet pairing of uh, us chatting and you performing some songs from one year ago. Is it actually a year ago now? It's a year ago now. Didn't we didn't we say we were gonna hang out more? <laughs> yeah, we did once. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's been a good year. Now listen, uh, you have been one of the most talented people I know for a long time, and I, I'm glad to to have found out that you're a speaking member of the audience of this podcast. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's good. I've I've been, I haven't listened to everything, but because you've done a lot, but um, I've definitely listened to a few episodes, including uh, "Twas Now," Diana and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, love that story. Okay, like, does it get any more romantic than the the Diana and Mike herb? Love story. Anyone who knows you, if we're speaking to that audience, knows that there's a person that you're writing those love songs. About. Oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I I am wildly in love with my wife Denise, and she has uh, been my muse several times. But I just uh, I'm a big fan of Mike and Diana, and Twas Now, and you know Mike, you you and I both looked up to Mike for oh, a long yeah. time, and um, and their story is like you know Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash without the uh, drug abuse and. And adultery. You know, yeah. it's, it's a much sweeter story. So, And, uh, you know, a segue, I don't know how, like, back to my radio days here, you know, I'm taking over the, the interview, the fucking interview here. But um, they're going to be a part of my live album, so I can tell you more about that, too. So it's That's a good, fantastic. It's a good little segue in, or, or teaser, sorry. No, <laughs> I, I see there, there are these things that I know, because I'm following, but the, the listener, you are about to, uh, to find out more about that. Uh, perhaps we should perhaps we should jump right into it because you are a fantastic performer as is Audible at your live shows. But of course, oh, you, shucks. you have released uh, with Jesse Parent and the Pines. Yeah, this was a live album uh, recorded and released a few years ago. Yeah, twenty sixteen, I think. Right. Yeah. Would I be being some kind of big word that I don't have in my grasp right now sure. by asking you what is the drive behind you recording another live album? Um, it's easier. <laughs> no i i don't mean that entirely this time i practiced <laughs> you know what it's uh it's funny i've been writing a lot in the last couple of years and making plans and changing plans and you know i had a plan for to record an album in nashville and then i didn't do that unfortunately they didn't make america great again so i couldn't go down there right <laughs> Sorry. that's a political joke and then, you know, I was going to record a full album out here with a band, up here with a band. Um, the more I think about what I do as a musician, the more I realize all those years I was trying to play with a band and be a rock and roll guy, I was swimming against my own current. Mm-hmm. I was playing just a regular old bar gig at the Rich Uncle Tavern in downtown Kitchener in their study. Uh, which is the room upstairs? Really gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's sound, you know, um, wood floors, tin roof, bookshelves, leather couches. Wonderful bartender. Shout out to Candace. 
Damn it, I think I got that wrong. But anyway. I was going to say it looks like a miniature version of the ballroom from The Shining. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. yeah. Back in October, as I'm planning and thinking about all these, I knew I wanted to release an album in 2019. Long story short, I was playing at the Rich Uncle Tavern, and it was a quiet night. It was, I think it was late October, early November, and there was only a couple tables there. But they were quiet, and they were listening intently. And the sound in the room was amazing. And I thought, geez, it'd be great to record in here. And that's when the idea started floating for a live album because um, the energy in the room from when we recorded in 2015, the, the, the Pines album, was incredible. The, you capture the energy, energy and the passion of the music when it's yeah. live. Um, and it's a quicker process too. This live album hopefully will conclude my journey of trying to figure out what the hell I am. Right. After swimming against the current for so many years, like I mentioned, I realized that what I love to do most is the singer-songwriter storyteller part of it, where I'm standing up there with an acoustic guitar, cracking stupid jokes, telling stories about my songs, and having people listen. So I wanted to put something out quickly that reflected how I currently sound. And as much as I love my albums, like About Time and Live with the Pines, I haven't played with the Pines in... Right. Two years. So I'd like to have something that represents how I sound. So this live album is going to be just me, Steve Wood on pedal steel, and Emily Barkley on vocals. Mm -hmm. So, and that's even stretching. For, I don't, I don't yeah. play live gigs with them regularly. I mean, I play yeah. with Steve, and I hope that I can play more regularly with Emily and Steve as well. But have I talked long enough? Have I filled enough time? That's all we try to do here at the Coffee House Grill. <laughs> you have a nice voice, and thank you. It's better than mine, and that's not a shot. I. I have a I have a great voice. Yeah. But yours is better. And here's the thing about that. You you come off to me and this is this is not an insult or a compliment. I know you to be a, a such a fan of rock and roll that cuz you and I've talked about a lot of the the same influences yeah. and things that we're a fan of and you do this thing that I do which is you look at the now as if you traveled back in time from the end of your career, having observed the phases, <laughs> yeah. as one would only typically look at at the end. Yeah, oh yeah. So you, you tend to go to the future, and and you look back at how you want to move now, as if like it's already been under a microscope. Do you find yourself, from that perspective, being a little harder on yourself in the process? Or oh, do absolutely, you... yeah. If the absence of self-criticism, complacence finds a home. So I think a healthy amount of self-criticism is important. Yeah. I think too much is bad as well. Have I been overly self-critical? Yes. Yeah. But I think you and Mike uh, Herb talked about it in the Twas Now in your Twas Now podcast about, you know, so there's something about everything I've done that there's something about it that I don't like. Every single album, right. you know, the mix or the instrumentation or I totally messed up the arrangement. That song should have sounded completely different. You know, I got a couple of those, but I can't dwell on it. Uh, I yeah. think you need to ha let it help you grow. Well, to echo the Haley Kellett podcast, it's um, not letting perfection stop you from making progress. Exactly. No, I never, I, 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 I will never claim to be a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, in fact, with every album, I've rushed it. And each album I've taken longer, it was still rushed. So like, even though the recording for the live album is all in one session, probably could have spent a couple more months mixing and mastering it. I always feel like Chris Farley from Tommy Boy with the... 
the toy, you know, <laughs> you, know the bread, you know, the bread scene, and I got yeah. the pet, and I love my pet, and and I get like excited, and I want to share this music with everybody, fucking yeah, you know, yeah, and then it's out there too early, and it didn't, I didn't give enough chance to breathe, so yeah, I mean, shit, there is too long, and there is too soon, and you never, you never catch the exact right moment, unfortunately, because it's not just them too. It's like if it affects, it affects how you experience it but it also affects how what the audience is seeing when you are finding yourself in the balance between am i doing this at the right time that's a it's, it's a tough game and you know i face it with the podcast someone else ex- yep. experiences the same thing with writing even though like god knows like writers hold themselves up in a hotel or they just you know they vomit shit out and put it <laughs> online it's, are we bleeping the swear words no you swear yeah this is a podcast right I'm still trying to figure out whether or not I want a clean podcast for more <laughs> success or if that even matters because there are All plenty right. of successful podcasts. I love swearing. It doesn't really fit my folky, <laughs> folky image, but I, lo- I fucking love swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Just to go back uh, to what you're saying. Anybody, nope. anybody nope, that claims... Not yeah, okay, never mind. No, go ahead. Anybody that claims to know that they know what they're doing, I don't fully trust. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I'm trying to figure it out every day. It's like the dumber you are, the smarter you think you are. It's true. Yeah. Like every one of those people in those mega hats. Sorry, that's my second political joke. Damn it. So we've known each other for for, for long enough to have gotten to know each other. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. As well as, yeah, we played shows together. But I've interviewed you before. And one of the most striking things that I found about your, your resolve, about the engine and Jesse Parent, that might be similar to other people, but it's like the engine in you, as opposed to what might drive another person, is because I can't see myself doing anything else. I, th- I'm not, I might be paraphrasing. I might be getting that totally wrong. Yeah, no, it's close. I find that it's kind of like a self-deprecating thing. It's like fucking anyone, anyone can do anything they set their mind to. So it's, it should always be a statement of, and if you're listening to this, maybe this applies to you more than Jesse. <laughs> it should be a thing of, uh, this is something I'm really good at. And then f- even more forward than that would be, this is all I should be doing. Yeah, you know, I caught a glimpse at a young age that I really loved singing and making music. And I just held on to that. You were close but I, uh, with your paraphrasing, but and I don't know if I actually have a way to put it, but it's a passion and a curse. Right. There have been times over the years where I wish I can just shut it off, do my sales job, buy a house and get married and live a normal life, but that's not enough for me. So there is no, like, I don't wake up every day with this, like, go make music and, you know, it's as natural as breathing. It's just what I do. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this road is going to take me or or whatever, but people, some people seem to dig it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as long as people come out to shows and request my songs and, you know, the more people I see in the audience that know my lyrics and sing along, the the more I keep going, you know? Right. I think I get it from my dad. My dad's an entrepreneur. He's owned a business his whole life, and he always works. He golfs too, but he's a gardener. He doesn't sit down and relax unless he's tired, and I get that from my dad. I'm not yeah. comfortable going home at night and watching TV for five hours. I have to be doing something, learning or improving on anything whether it's going to the gym or writing more songs or trying to be a better singer or or trying to be a better fucking human. You know, I just try and improve. Shout out to Lana's Lounge as well. 
They're a great new venue in Waterloo that's doing live music and, and great food. And they're doing live music every day they're open. I think they're only closed Sunday, Monday, maybe. Uh, Sean and Marissa, the owners, were brave enough to bring me on early and host this songwriter series that I've been doing. We've done three of them, one in June, one in September, and one in February. I invite local songwriters, like Twas Now, they were out there. Um, I've had Lynn Jackson, I've had Stephen Parkinson, Paige Warner, who you introduced me to, who's amazingly talented, Daryl Romp, Sylvie D and the Boyfriend, all these great songwriters, out to this songwriter series, Atlanta's Lounge. And it's kept me writing. Right. Because if I'm going to be the host of a songwriter series, I better have some new music to talk about. There's people that are now coming out every week, which is amazing to watch the show. And I can't play the same shit every week. And right. still be interesting. So it's kept me, the juice is flowing, you know. And in the gift and curse of being a human being, there have to be, and you don't have to tell me what they are. Well, I was going to ask, shit. Yeah, go, should, go, do it, do it. <laughs> what are the things when you get down and are sidestepped by something that you see or something that might happen? And you can reference something that happened long ago if it's been a while. But what are the things that have gotten under your feet Maybe I'll just things that got me down, like under my skin. And uh, I'll jump ahead to at to have you add on. What are the steps that you took to be like over it? And I'm fucking here again. We're getting into the nitty gritty here on the Coffee House Crab podcast. This is me deflecting and 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 delaying my answer. Um, I deal with next to crippling self doubt, mm-hmm. and people enjoying my music is a validation to that self-doubt or a cure for that self-doubt right it doesn't take much for me to feel like i'm not doing good enough Mm -hmm. it can be as easy as going on facebook and reading someone's idiotic post or instagram um there's been a couple times over the years and i won't mention names but there's been like two or three bands or artists that i've shared stages with over the years like at festivals or or concerts whatever and they've gone on to like fame right and I'm like, we were the same six, seven years ago. Who am I now? And the way I snap out of it is to remember that as human beings, we should root for each other, not be jealous of each other. I'm a person that believes in forgiveness, empathy, and a positive outlook on life. Mm-hmm. I think my dad would say I'm, I, I'm not, uh, maybe not critical enough, or maybe I'm too trustworthy, but I just... Uh, I get through it by generally maintaining an outright positive look on life. So let's, let's, I see that band X that I played a gig with 10 years ago is now famous and on the radio. And I go, what the hell am I doing with my life? And then I go, I'm doing really good. I've got songs on the radio. I've got songs on Spotify. I've got, you know, I tour around the country and play music. So, you know, first world problems, right? The thing that I always remember when I'm down on myself or something is that I was born a white male in Canada and have never wanted for anything in my whole life. Really. You know, I've wanted for the same things that humans want, love and affection and shelter and food. Not in that order, maybe. I've got those things in my life. And so I recognize that privilege and I try and remind myself of that, that I don't need anything else. And that kind of gets the humility going again. You know, shut up, you idiot. You're doing just fine. (laughs) Anything to take the listener away from my piercing? You're plying me with caffeine and asking me questions and trying to get me to stop talking? I've already drank a whole large cup of coffee. We've only been here for like 10 minutes. And that's the coffee house crowd guarantee.
you're actively performing, you're actively writing, you're actively presenting something, you're doing, that is going to create more creativity. And it's worked, and I have yet to re-implement in my life. But the more time you spend on your own thing, while not being in a bubble about it, the less you have time to compare. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree with that. The comparison um, trap is is poison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We we need to lift each other up rather than uh, measure ourselves, each other. There's so much competition in this world. Yeah. Uh, you know, capitalism is a competitive society, sports and, and all that. There doesn't need to be a rat race in, in arts and culture. Why don't we all create together and make the world a better place? That sounds so like... I want to buy the world a Coke, <laughs> sing in <laughs> harmony, you know, but I'm serious. Like, you know, instead of maybe in music and arts and culture, we can not be competitive and just create and hang out and have fun. I think maybe one of my problems is, is I've never really defined what success is. Yeah. So, so I'm sure some people look at me and then think I'm successful. And I am, you know, I, I've released a couple albums, you know. What do you imagine success feels like? If you're on an upward trajectory and you're thinking, oh, I'm doing this, I'm reaching this step, and step by step I get closer to whatever, I haven't def- defined it yet. The Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corrigan talks about like, they reached the top, and they had nowhere else to go. Yeah, you see, that's, I, that's why I, maybe, maybe that's why I don't define success, because once I succeed, what else is there to do? Yeah. Maybe by keeping that measurement of success ever so far out of reach, just so slightly out of reach, yeah. Then I'm constantly driving, constantly growing. I would consider myself successful if I could feed my wife and uh, and my cats by playing nothing but my own music. Yeah, that would be the first step of success, right? Right now, you know, music isn't a, a monetary earner for me. It's totally a passion project, and there are costs and revenues involved. Right, but the costs are higher than the. Uh, sorry, that was my ring. The costs are higher than. The revenue by far. <laughs> I was gonna make some kind of joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. No, that's all. That's kind of all I had to say. Um, I get lost hearing myself talk, and I can't even remember what the question was. <laughs> We're having good conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just you know what interview mode is, and, yeah. and 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 we're just hanging out, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just hanging out. All right, calm down, Jesse. Uh, get out, get out of radio mode. Um, you have to understand the editing process is painful when I'm hearing my own voice. Yeah. So the more of you there is, and I, I don't have to touch you. Well, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, yeah. I'll give you a hug, but on yeah. the editing process, <laughs> yeah. there's a muscle inside you that's always trying to be better than you've Absolutely. done before. And, Absolutely. And it takes a certain amount of s- struggle to keep that muscle going. Adam Sandler lost it in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, I'm not, I'm not, I won't say anything negative at all. Do you remember? He lost that muscle in the 90s. Do you 90s. remember when he made that movie Funny People and it had all those like fake bad movies in it? Yeah, yeah. And then he just started making those actual movies in real life yeah. and that are shitty. And we were like, Adam Sandler, no. <laughs> you went from Punch Drunk Love to Jack and Jill in less than a decade. What are you doing? I'm going to play my own sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, come to the back of the board. He's still a great actor. He's in a movie uh, called The Myrowitz Stories. Uh, it, New and Noah Bombeck's movie. Yeah. Yeah. With um, Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. 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 He was great. Like, uh, honestly, Punch Drunk Love and Rain Over Me with yeah. Don Cheadle. Rain Over Me with Don Cheadle. I was like, he should have been nominated for an Oscar in that mm-hmm. movie. 
uh, he should do more serious roles. And, you know, then he does like Jack and Jill and Grown Ups 10 and 11. Well, the difference like, is Happy Madison Productions versus not Happy Madison yeah, yeah, Productions. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. could go down a whole rabbit hole. Of Adam, Absolutely. Adam Sandler and Chris Farley in the 90s SNL when it was really good. And, yeah. You know. But why would we do that when we can talk about the upcoming live concert <laughs> recording of a live album? Why would we talk about something that people are interested in? Let's talk about Jesse's album. I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of different kinds of mustard and what meats to pair with the mustard. What is your favorite mustard? I don't remember what it's called, but I do remember a place from Toronto called Salt and Mustard being at the Kitchener Chris Kindle market. They made some pretty good fucking mustards. I was at uh, Schwartz's in Montreal, which is like a smoked meat place. Ooh. Um, I was in my early 20s. My buddy and I were uh, house-sitting for his parents in Belleville. Um, And we might have gotten a little high and thought it was a good idea to drive to Montreal overnight just to get smoked meat. So it's like, you know, a four-hour drive from Belleville or whatever. Right. Five hours. I know. And that's that's like three hours. So we were just going to stay in Montreal while supposed to be at his parents' house, house sitting, uh, and drove just to Montreal for smoked meat. And then they had this like special prepared mustard there. Right. That we put on our sandwiches. And I can't, my buddy Brad would know. Brad, if you're listening to this, what was the name of that mustard? We bought like a bunch of it because it was so good. Anyway, that's like the best mustard I ever had, which is a terrible story because I didn't actually tell you the name. That's fine. But in general, I do enjoy a Dijon mustard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like roast ham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. You just Honey ham it. with some mustard on it? You're, mm. And you're wasting, must, you're wasting ham by putting that yellow stuff on it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like French's and, and like standard yellow mustard is good for sandwiches and stuff. But like yeah. you, you got to get that those fancy Dijon ketchups, mustards. If you're still with us, <laughs> that that is the rabbit hole of mustard that I was bluffing that we could go down it, but we did, and we're back. We surprise ourselves. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested in in knowing what the crowd can expect from from this live album recording. It's it's not just you. You'll be having some friends on, yeah. some guests on. We've been foreshadowing it, getting people excited about throwing it. Throwing words like Ridge Uncle Tavern in the yeah. in the study. Ooh, ooh, there's a little teaser. Okay, so if anybody could walk away with anything from today, go to jessieparentmusic.com, jessieparentmusic, and I'll get into that in a sec, too. That's J-E-S-S-E-P-A-R-E-N-T music.com. Well, you probably have a link on, I don't know, whatever. So I'll provide clickable shit. That's where you can buy tickets. On March 24th, Sunday, March 24th, I'm recording my new album uh, with one of my best friends and longtime music makers, uh, Steve Wood, who's on Pedal Steel, and... Um, Emily Barkley, who is a wonderfully talented friend of mine. Um, she's in The Divines. She's in uh, The Crazy Diamonds. Uh, you know, she's just one of the greatest local singers, and uh, she's going to be doing singing with me as well. And I'm going to be on acoustic guitar and harmonica and singing, and it's going to be my folkiest record yet, and it, it's going to be me actually finally wearing that folk genre like a warm blanket and finally (laughs) feeling comfortable in it. And so, yeah, the shows, the the doors are going to open at five. Um, It's at the rich uncle tavern in their study. It's, and the other reason I love it is because it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. There's going to be like, it's all leather couches and stools and stuff. There's like 50 seats maybe. So we're selling 50 tickets, probably going to sell some at the door if we sell out. Um, and 
you get to come hang out with us, see Twas Now, Diana and Mike, they're going to open the show at 6, and then we're going to play uh, and record an album. With, and everybody that comes is going to get a copy of the CD, signed copy, a signed copy of the poster. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to make the magic happen, as, as they say. <laughs> Your face, when is it as they say? <laughs> it was so Ace Ventura, I loved it. <laughs> the tickets are available at Ticket Scene, but if you go to my website jessieperrantmusic.com can I say that enough there's the show page it's linked to my front page you can buy tickets they're only f- available for sale online I used to try and print physical tickets and that's just, now I can just let ticket scene take care of it so yeah it's wonderful I get the impression that people would rather just flash their phone or print off now yeah absolutely oh and it's 30 bucks um, so for, th- for $30 you get a whole evening of music Twas now the opening act <laughs> and a copy of Jesse's CD when it comes out Oh, can I talk a little bit about the CD? So I've always done this thing where as soon as I get a collection of songs written yeah. and I get excited to start putting an album together, I immediately start dreaming up the artwork. I am not a visually artistic person by any means. Like, you know, I once applied to a visual arts program and they basically laughed me out of there like with my sketches, you know? So right. I'm not, I'm musically oriented, but not visually oriented. But I love like laying out artwork for albums. And so I immediately started picturing the artwork for this album. I wrote this tune called Best Laid Plans with my friend Matt McLeod, who was the bass player in The Pines. It's about, you know, life and all that cliche stuff. Um, And I I took a paraphrase from the lyrics of that song to name the album called Some Days, Tomorrows, and Best Laid Plans. And there's always been this picture uh, in my family photo albums that I love. It's my dad and I, when I'm three years old, both lying in a hammock, and I'm kind of lying on my dad. And he's got his left hand on the left-hand side of his face, making a face. Yeah. And I'm doing the exact same pose. And, <laughs> and like, we're, we're just, you know. Nice. And on the back of the, the actual physical photo, back when they actually printed photos, it says, two hams in a hammock, 1986. Yeah, anyway, I don't know why I want to go through that, but buy CDs, <laughs> buy vinyl, yeah. get the musician. If it's an indie musician, if you're at a music show where you can go talk to the musician, if they're not famous enough that they're willing to go and talk to you afterwards, grab a CD, get them to sign it, get them to write you a note. I'll write you a note. But that helps so much because we put so much thought and passion and love into making these things. I, I must admit, I don't own a CD player anymore. Yeah, I don't even have one in my car. But I still buy people CDs. I get them to sign it. Yeah. Because it's a memento. It's physical. You can touch it. Yeah. I fucking love Spotify. As a, as a consumer, I love it. Listen yeah. to whatever I want, whenever I want. Are you kidding me? For $10 a month? Sign me up twice. But as a musician, I love the physical collectiveness of the CD or the vinyl or the yeah. sticker or you know, whatever. You let me go on a tangent again. Well, we don't want people to be hoarders, but at the same time, people can make arguments to this is where it's going. And in my own self-interest, I'm going with the flow, survival of the fittest and shit. But to what you're saying, the relationship with audience to artists, the music fan and the creation needs a spokesperson. Not just one. Yeah. It, it needs people saying what you're saying. 
what you're saying needs to be said. Like it was last year. I don't know if it was sales ending 2017 or whatever, but book sales, physical book sales were up. Because when you read a Kindle or an iPad, there's no visceral experience there. Yeah. It's just words on a screen. But when you open a book, you can you know that's the way a book smells. Yeah. And you can touch the pages and you're flipping and you're active in it. Yeah. It comes through in the work sometimes when there's a premium on work that's made with the intention of being disposable. <laughs> I have never made music with the intention of being disposable. But that if absolutely. disposable shit has uh, a way of appealing to people. And then someone can look at you and see personally made work. I appreciate that. And, and someone who's invested in it and who is being honest, who is being themselves, who is finding out a better way of understanding who they are themselves. Uh, like uh, yeah. uh, Calling back to you t- identifying who you are as an artist and all that. Yeah. And the other thing is, yeah, and if uh, for you, Jesse, I'm sorry, dude, but you don't shake your ass enough <laughs> and someone who shakes their ass might make a bit more money than you, but they're not being who they are. Yeah, you know, if if I was if I was doing this to make money, I'd be in Nashville trying to write top forty music. I'd be uh, trying to write songs for commercials, both of which I've explored. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I make music for the love of making music. It's not like I, I looked at a chart when I was 20 and started writing music and, oh, there's heavy metal, there's rap, there's folk, there's rock, there's pop. By the way, not, not, not all the people who do that are hacks. Yeah, no, of course not. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't mean that I just, either. Every yeah. time I think of the people that I know. <laughs> yeah, no. There are very, look, it's, it's called the music business. Yeah. Not the music flower hippie commune. There knows it should be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't begrudge, uh, you know, I got friends in Nashville that are killing it writing top 40 music and I tried and failed because I didn't pick folk music it's just what comes out of me naturally yeah like I said I didn't pick it from a chart I'm gonna be a heavy metal musician or a rock music or this country. is doing well yeah yeah I just started writing music and this is what naturally spills out I don't know why if I was in this business to make it, be making money I wouldn't be making folk music because let me tell you there ain't no hot 100 folk music charts <laughs> You know me as Jesse Parent. Yes. Because when we started playing music together, that's what I fucking called myself, Jesse Parent. Right. My name is Jesse Parent. My dad's name is Al Parent. My mom's name is Rebecca Parent. My brother's name is Thomas Parent. And it goes on and on like that. Yes, and so on and so forth. <laughs> like, he's not going to list all of his family members and say Parent. No, my, my, but my, if my he cousins. Was going to, it would sound a little something like this. Like Parent. So. But what I found early on when I started playing music is that people were like, what, what is your name, Perrin? Parrot? Parent? So I just started saying parent, like mom and dad, so that people could remember me easier. But very recently, like in the last year, I said, screw that. My name is Jesse Perrant. Yeah. So some people like yourself have been very confused. Wait a minute. For the last 10 years, you've told me your name is Jesse Parent. Well, yes and no. I hereby declare on the coffeehouse crowd with Todd Donald to make it official <laughs> that Jesse's last name is Perrant. <laughs> Jesse Perrant. Good news for you. It's spelt the same way as you've been spelling it. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't changed. It's just gotten more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> the main ways that I communicate are Facebook and Instagram. I don't really tweet. Yeah. I'm not a good tweeter. 
I believe um, it's Jesse Perrant music. Yeah, for 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 everything except for Twitter because they couldn't I couldn't fit them any letters. But yeah, Jesse Perrant Instagram at Jesse Perrant Music, Facebook.com slash Jesse Perrant Music. The main goal I have at gigs right now is to get people to sign up for my mailing list. You sign up for my mailing list on my website or through my Facebook, you get an exclusive song that no one else, it's not on Spotify, like it's not on anything else. You can't buy it. It's literally just for people that sign up for my mailing list. And that's, I send out a, a monthly newsletter. If there's something really exciting, maybe more often. I have the best deals on skincare, Ray-Bans, blenders. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was thinking that seriously. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. it's the best way to communicate. They got advanced ticket sales for my live album show a week before anybody else did. Nice. So I always struggle with the word fan. I don't feel important enough to have fans. But the mailing list and the community is great. And yeah. I, I implore you to go to jessepromptmusic.com, sign up for my mailing list, and buy tickets to my live album show. The audience of this podcast can, can put themselves in your shoes or you can put yourself in their shoes. Do you as an artist, but also as a music fan. Do you still get lost when you hear your fellow compatriots on the stage? Without disassembling the music, without thinking about their creative process, do you just get lost? Yes, absolutely. In, one, in a simple, shortest answer of this whole goddamn... I love not knowing everything about music theory. I know a lot, but I don't know everything because I still like the mystery. That's a good answer. Why ruin it by continuing to try and host I should really just stop recording Todd wait I want to say thank you that was a lot of fun and hi mom alright folks this is called Best Laid Plans I better play this one because I mentioned I would this is what inspired the title of the new live album being recorded March 24th it's called Best Laid Plans Lying in a bed above the streetlights The passing cars keep you up at night This apartment's not the end of the journey It's the start of a lifelong ride and We both know that money's not important What matters are the smallest little things Well, I know that you'd marry me, son If I only had enough to buy it. Dreaming of something close to happy, scraping by any way we can. Hoping our some days turn into tomorrow, like mice and men who make best laid plans. Best laid plans, yeah. Some days just seem to drag And other days you can't find time But you play the cards you've been given And hope to hell that everything will turn out right Well, loss is just another part of living Courage ain't got nothing without fear And if we walk through hell together It'll only feel like heaven Dreaming of something close to happy Scraping by any way we can 
been on some days turn into tomorrow like mice and men who make best laid plans best laid plans oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no Time. This is song number two. This is brand new. This is called For a Moment. This morning I find myself in the welfare line Holding back the tears Choking on my pride Remembering better days When I could afford what you desired A long time ago For a moment You were mine Another afternoon and I can't get out of bed Thoughts of fear and doubt tearing through my head When I was younger we would run for miles and miles and miles A long time ago For a moment you were mine For a moment I held you in my arms For a moment you gave me shelter from the storm Seasons change but the snow still falls That was such a long time ago Tonight I heard a song on the radio One we used to dance to nice and slow But the music don't sound like it did when you were by my side A 
long time ago For a moment You were mine For a moment I held you in my arms For a moment You gave me Shelter from the snow The seasons change But the snow still falls And that was sad long time ago that was such a long time ago So if there's time for this one, this is called Quebec City in the Rain, available exclusive to my mailing list. I was in uh, Quebec City on tour slash vacation with my wife this summer and spent a couple extra days there and our last day it started raining and I said to her, I think the last time I bought a, an umbrella I was in Quebec City and poof, song idea. Last time I bought an umbrella I was in Quebec City Standing in the rain It was a sleepy Tuesday We were channeling the ghost of Samuel Champlain Just you and me Splashing in the street I wouldn't have it any other way It's hard for me to picture anything More romantic than this city in the rain Quebec City in the rain Quebec City St. John, the sound of music and the smell of chocolate filled the air. Well, I held you close to me to keep you dry and run my fingers through your soft hair. Just you and me splashing in the streets. I wouldn't other way It's hard for me to picture anything more romantic than this city in the rain Quebec City in the rain Quebec City in the rain
feel this way Years of loneliness and pain This is how I feel Standing in the rain I'll never need the sunshine again No, never need the sunshine listening to another episode of the Todd Donald Show, starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.